After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest? Are you holding on to secrets, fears, or frustrations? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Don't keep it all bottled up inside. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash BeHereNow. Welcome to Living with Reality, a podcast featuring archive teachings and modern conversations with Dr. Robert Svoboda, brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Living with Reality explores Ayurveda and other wisdom traditions of India, which Dr. Svoboda has been studying for nearly 50 years. For more information, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dr. Svoboda. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A. Hello, and welcome to the Living with Reality podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, your host and Dr. Svoboda's media manager. Today, we have Dr. Svoboda talking to you about the four aims of life, Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. We'll get to that in just a second. I just want to let you know that if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming courses and get a personalized email from Dr. Svoboda every month, then just go to drsvoboda.com slash newsletter and sign up for the newsletter. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A dot com slash newsletter. Okay, enjoy today's talk. Namaste. My subject today is the four Purusharthas. Purusha means human being. Artha means aim or object or goal. And the four Purusharthas are the four chief aims that any human has in a human life. Um, the four goals 
that each one of us follows, whether we're aware of it or not. Better to be aware, because then we can follow them more effectively. Those four in Sanskrit are dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. Dharma means the path that a person needs to follow through life. Everyone has a path that is the path that they need to follow. Sometimes that path is obvious. Sometimes it's very much not obvious. But it's very important that you know what your path is so that you can follow it as best you can. And that path is not something that you can think about intellectually. It's not even something really you can think about emotionally. It's something that you need to feel intuitively is the right thing for you. Um, sometimes that word dharma is mistranslated as religion. Uh, sometimes it's mistranslated as career. And dharma includes both the spiritual path you follow and the and the work that you do, but it's a much bigger concept than that. Your dharma is what you were put on earth to do. The dharma of a flag is to fly, to snap in the breeze. The dharma of a horse is to run. So each one of us needs to locate that thing that we were put on earth to do, our purpose in life. Meaning in life is absolutely essential. Everyone needs to feel that their life is somehow meaningful. That's what really makes life satisfying. If you find something meaningful and you pursue that meaning, if you're a fortunate person, you will have been introduced to what you were meant to do when you were fairly young. Maybe your parents will help you with that. Maybe a, a spiritual guide, maybe some other kind of advisor, an astrologer, who knows. If not, then you may not, then you may need to find assistance from someone as you become older and more educated, and you have to try to find this out yourself. I have seen, on more than one occasion, people who were supposed to be doing one thing, but end up doing something else. Since I'm a physician, I have often examined the lives of other physicians, and Frequently, I have found that people who become physicians really should have been musicians. And those who go ahead and practice medicine and also make time and space in their lives for music 
can be very happy people. But those who focus because of a sense of duty or because they were indoctrinated by their parents or uh, other family members that if they followed the path of music, they would be penniless and unhappy. If they follow that path of medicine and they ignore the path that they should have followed, the path of music, then I find that they are in many ways very unsatisfied, very unhappy people, even if they're successful, even if they are doing what on the surface appears to be the right thing underneath at a very deep level, sometimes an unconscious level. They know that what they're doing is not in alignment with what their life force wants them to do. And that's deeply unsatisfying. So that's something that each one of us needs to find. And once we've discovered for ourselves what that purpose in life is, then we need to figure out what are the substances that we need to have in order to perform the actions that will assist us to achieve what we need to achieve in life, to follow that path. Uh, perhaps money is one of those things. Perhaps other objects, like if you're a musician, a, a particular musical instrument or training of your voice. Um, but whatever it is, it's important that the things in your life that are necessary for you to follow your path um, are available to you. In this regard, um, we are living in a world in which everyone is focused on money. And that means in this world, you have to have some money. In the past, even a few decades ago in places like India, you could get by with a very minimal amount of money. Times have changed, however. You don't need to pursue money unless it is your job to manage money, to assist others to manage money. But you need to have some money. The question of how much depends on what your actual path through life is. If your path through life involves you interacting with lots of people in many different places at a high level, you may need more money than someone whose path involves them being in one place, working at a job that is not very complicated, but spending more time interacting with the natural world or spending more time studying ancient texts. So you need the right amount of artha. Artha literally means, uh, in this case, an object. So purush artha, that artha means a goal or um, an aim. And that is an object. That's the object to which we're moving. But this artha, dharma and artha, this object means literal material objects, including money, that we use in the pursuit of our dharma. The third of these is kama. Kama means desire. Often, 
people translate comma as sexual desire, and very frequently that word comma is used chiefly to mean sexual desire. But in this particular case, it means any kind of desire. Any kind of desire that is a legitimate desire. What's a legitimate desire? Any desire that does not involve injury to someone else and someone meaning not just humans, but other sentient beings, that does not involve inflicting pain needlessly on someone else. A surgeon may inflict pain, but she's doing that because she needs to do that to make the patient well. Inflicting pain just for some sort of perverse satisfaction in a selfish way is an illegitimate desire and should not be fulfilled. But each one of us is born in the world because of desire. And we each have certain desires that we really strongly want to achieve. And when we know what we're supposed to be doing and we're following that path, And when we have accumulated what we need to accumulate in order to follow that path, then we can also use our resources to achieve desires, even if they're not directly on the path, if those desires are really strongly held in our our being. So you find your dharma, You do what you need to do in the material world to obtain those material things that allow you to follow your dharma. You then focus on the desires that you have that may not be directly related to your dharma, but are also legitimate desires. And that brings us to moksha. The word moksha, sometimes people translate as liberation. And certainly, uh, moksha means to be f- become free of something, to be released from something. So in the ultimate sense, moksha means to follow the path that frees you from being reborn again, from having to take birth as a human again. But in the relative sense, moksha means to become free of delusion. So if you're following your path through life properly, if you have aligned yourself with the material world in the right way in order to follow that path properly, if you're fulfilling the desires that are legitimate and that you strongly hold and want to fulfill, then the likelihood is you will not be too much deluded. But it is because you are moving in the right direction, you have the right attitude towards possessions, you have the right attitude towards desires. It is for those reasons that it is likely that you have a reasonably accurate perception of the world and therefore are not going to be too much affected by delusion. But especially in this world, this world of fake news and of, of people deliberately lying in all directions all the time, it's very important always to be alert to the fact that delusion is everywhere. Many people are strongly deluded, and we each need to avoid permitting ourselves to be deluded, and we need to actively attempt to 
avoid delusion. Now, basically speaking, each one of these goals is focused on at a different stage of life. The goal of dharma is something you should be especially focused on at the beginning part of your life during the period that we call, in Sanskrit, brahmacharya. And brahmacharya is often translated as celibacy or abstinence from sexual activity, um, which is very appropriate when you are a child and even an adolescent. That's the time when you should not be focusing on sex, and children certainly should not be focusing on sex, or having anyone trying to make them focus on sex, as is sadly the case nowadays. What you should be focusing on instead is growing, building up your body in a healthy way, building up your nervous system, learning what you need to know so that you can perform the dharma that you were supposed to perform. And um, we, can, we can suggest that brahmacharya probably goes from the time you're born to roughly the time you stop growing, which is around 21 for girls and 25 for boys. Of course, nowadays, um, because of um, the world as it is, the media and the effect of um, one's peers, uh, children are introduced to the concept of sex very early, and this very frequently distracts them from focusing on that concept of dharma, what they need to be doing for the rest of their lives in the world. So, whenever possible, we want to keep encouraging children to focus on dharma rather than to get caught up in sex, though they may not believe it, they will actually have plenty of time in their lives to focus on sex after they've stopped growing. And the more that we can get young people to focus on their dharma when they're young and when they're still not yet fixed in their ways, the better it will be. The time in your life when you're supposed to chiefly focus on artha, on possessions in the material world, is the time that is called grahastha. And grahastha means literally being a householder. Or we could also interpret it in the opposite direction, meaning the house is holding on to you. But what that means practically is that you are um, living in the world, you are focusing on your work, focusing on your career, um, quite possibly you have a family and you're focusing on raising your family. So this is the time that you should be most active in the world. And that's the time that you're a young adult, roughly from the time you stop growing until um, menopause for women or your midlife crisis if you're a man. Men have a menopause-like experience also. It's called andropause but it happens much more gradually and slowly. And it's not quite as physiologically dramatic either. So during that central period of time, let's just say from age 20 to age 50, that's when you focus on making money, 
saving money, preparing for your retirement, taking care of your kids, or if you don't have children, taking care of other people's kids, because this is the time that you're paying back to the human species the debt that you owe to the human species for being born as a human. So this is the time you accumulate possessions, you use those possessions, you learn about possessions, and at the same time, you understand from the, from the principles of Dharma that you're using those according to what you need to do in the world. And that includes everything. That includes what are your responsibilities towards your parents? What are your responsibilities towards other older people? What are your responsibilities in any direction? Responsibility, something that's not a very popular concept nowadays, is absolutely fundamental when it comes to not only have a satisfying life, but also being an, an, an honest-to-goodness human being, being a real human being. A real human being is responsible for, for what he or she knows they need to be responsible for. So we're focusing during this second stage of life chiefly on um, possessions, but we're doing so in the context of dharma. We're doing so in the context of what our duties are in life. And then eventually we move into the third stage. The third stage is called Vanaprastha or Vanavasa. And traditionally, um, this is said to happen after menopause, or some people say after you, your grandchildren, you have your first grandchild, then you need to move. What you used to do was move to a hut in the forest where your children could come and visit you, bring the grandkids along so you could play with them, and then you could still be connected to the world, you could still be advising people, but now you were less involved in the world because, after all, you're not so young anymore and you're headed towards being dead. So, during this period, you're making a transition away from the world, away from possessions, away from that action that has been motivated by your dharma. You're still doing all those things, but you're moving in the away direction. When you're expanding into the world, we call that pravritti. When you're starting to re retreat from the world, we call that nivritti. Both have that word vritti, which you may know from yoga. Yoga's chitta vritti nirodaha. So vritti means a fluctuation. Pravritti means your fluctuations are in the direction of expanding outwards. Nivritti means your fluctuations are in the direction of taking that expansion and reducing it back again. And that's the time that karma is, comes into the focus because now you're not, you've done a lot of what you needed to do in the context of your dharma. You've dealt, hopefully, with whatever possessions you needed to have and are going to need to have when you're retired. Now you can um, enjoy some of those things that you really wanted to enjoy. Uh, uh, maybe you take a foreign trip somewhere. Maybe you start learning a new language. Maybe, maybe you um, uh, begin to play a musical instrument. 
any of those things that you found yourself unable to do fully during that time that you were most involved in the world, this is the optimal time in order to do that. And then once you're even older, once you're 70-ish, 75-ish, once your great-grandchildren are born, then you move into sannyasa. Sannyasa, you possibly have heard that word. It means someone who is a renunciate, if you think about it in the uh, modern or the generally accepted sense of the term in Indian speech nowadays. But sannyasa in Ayurveda, at least, means going into a coma. It means where you, you, you're not connected at all to the outside world. So that's what sannyasa is supposed to mean. Now you realize that you are really old. You're not, it's not that you're just not, not young anymore. It's you're old. And old means you're headed towards dying. And you need to prepare yourself for that, not only for yourself so that you can have a good death, but for the people that you're going to leave behind you so that they can, they can also be satisfied by you having a nice transition out. They can also uh, uh, they can get from you a good example. You can set an example for them of, of, of how one ends one's life in, a, in an appropriate and tasteful way. And sannyasa then means that you now, yes, you still occasionally meet the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but now you're spending a lot less time thinking about them. You're not worried about whether you've visited every country in the world or not. You're, 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 you're recognizing that what you need to focus on now is departing from this life. And, and that's, what, that's the time that moksha is most important because that means really removing all these other delusions, removing the delusion of duty. Why is it a delusion now? Because now you can't achieve that duty much anymore. Yes, there are people who are still um, involved in ruling countries in their 90s. That's very unusual, however. What is more usual is by this point, you should be focusing on your transition, what's going to happen next. And so um, these are the, each one of these four stages of life generally focuses on one of these purusharthas, one of these goals of life. But it's important also to remember that at every stage of life, we have dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. For example, when you are a, um, a householder, in, as a householder, you will want to focus on dharma. In the context of focusing on dharma, you will focus on possessions. In the context of dharma and possessions, you may not want to wait until you are superannuated into, before you go visit some foreign country. Maybe you will do that while you are in your um, householder phase, but you will do that in a more minimal way than you may do after you retire because you have other responsibilities that you have to focus on first. Even when you're a child, you may go study abroad. And studying abroad can be a very useful thing, but that will be 
a something that needs to be done in the context of promoting your dharma, in the context of facilitating your ability to achieve artha, so you can achieve that desire, but in the context of those other things. You can even use these for arthas to analyze any particular phase of your life, any particular project you may be working on. If you're looking at that project, you're going to ask, how does that project relate to my personal dharma? Sometimes it may relate to it directly. Sometimes it may simply not violate it. But if it's something you're contemplating that would actually violate your dharma, that would violate the, the, the way you should be moving through life, then that's something you want to really think about very carefully before you go ahead and perform it. So in that context, then you will think, well, here is this project. Yes, it's appropriate for my dharma. Is it appropriate for my artha? Is this going to take more of my material resources than is appropriate? You know, if you decide, okay, I'm, I'm a boat builder and I'm going to build a boat for myself. I'm a boat builder. I should be building boats for other people, selling them, getting money that I can then use later on. No, I'm going to build a giant boat for myself. And it's going to be the most impressive boat in the world. And I'm going to spend all the money that I have and borrow a bunch of other money from other people just to create this boat. But that may not promote all of your interests in a positive way. In fact, it may actually interfere with some of those interests. So even if it is fulfilling a desire that you have, the fulfillment of that desire may violate um, the dharma or artha. And in, in, if it does do so, then that means that you are experiencing some form of delusion. We can also use these things to move backwards. Suppose that you know that you've been grabbed hold by, of, by something that, that you know you shouldn't have been grabbed hold by, but you are. Something, is, something has taken hold of your awareness and is, is, is pulling you in a direction that you know is not right. Well, it may be difficult to get out of that delusion. But you may be able to do so if then you analyze it according to, is this something that is really going to satisfy a desire, or is it going to make my desires only increase or make them more peculiar or twisted in some way? Is this going to use up more of my resources or, even worse, more of someone else's resources without providing any particular benefit to me or to someone else? And is this something that is, even if it is not actually promoting my dharma, is this something that is going to violate my dharma in some way? And if it is possible to use these, these questions in a, such an interrogative fashion that they can at least shake the delusion, if they can make you doubt that delusion a little bit, then that may assist you to get out of whatever that mental uh, box you have put yourself into um, 
One final comment on the Purusharthas. It said in Ayurveda, Dharmartakamamokshanam arogyam mulam uttamam. That is, that if you want to really be able to seriously achieve dharma, artha, kama, and moksha, then the thing that you should focus on, then the thing that you should focus on most sincerely and most assiduously is your health. Because if you are not healthy, then it's going to be difficult for you to follow your path through life, accumulate the material objects that you require, and fulfill your desires. It's even going to be difficult for you to free yourself of delusion, because if you're not healthy, you're not going to be thinking clearly. So if you're trying to evaluate your life on the basis of these four Purusharthas, have I, have I followed my path correctly? Have I, have I accumulated the right amount of material objects, not too little and not too much? Have I achieved those desires that are appropriately for me, for me to achieve? Or am I holding on to desires that I should let go of? Am I deluded? In what way am I deluded? How can I free myself of that delusion? If you're going to evaluate all these things, it may be useful to you to first pay attention to bringing yourself into a state of as much physical health, as much homeostasis as possible, because then it will be easier for you to accurately evaluate these four goals in life. The nature of health is samatha, that means balance or equanimity. So if you're physiologically healthy, it's going to be easier for you to have the equanimity to be able to examine these goals of life properly, align your life with those goals as they apply to you, and then move forward in life and achieve those goals to the extent they can be achieved. Obviously, life is a very imperfect thing, and there's always going to be some challenges. We may not always be able to do exactly what we need to do. We may not always be able to possess those things we need to possess. We may not be able always to achieve those desires we need to achieve. And absolutely, there are always going to be delusions that we're going to have to get rid of. But as long as we are committed to continue evaluating ourselves using using this foot rule, this yardstick, this method of evaluation, then we can be sure that at least when we employ this evaluation, that we will be moving ourselves in the direction of those four goals that we should be focusing on and moving towards. This is Dr. Robert wishing everyone a very happy and meaningful life.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest? Are you holding on to secrets, fears, or frustrations? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Don't keep it all bottled up inside. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.